0: Hello and welcome to the How To Money podcast, where a financial education podcast for young Australians aimed at opening up the conversation about money. I'm Kate, and I'm here today with my co-host, Susan, and we're going to chat about shares. More specifically, what exactly is a share? Why do people buy them? Where can you buy them? And what are the benefits and risks of buying and selling them? Hi, Susan. It's great to have you back this week on the podcast. Hi, Kate, and it's good to be back. So today we're talking about shares. Yes. topic you know plenty about. Yes, I've been investing in shares for many years. So what do our listeners want to know, Kate? I guess the first question is, what exactly is a share? A share is a very broad
1: term. So you might hear share, you might hear the word stock. They often use that in America. You might hear the term equity. So it represents ownership. part ownership of a company. So a company, a small company might just have two shares or three shares or a 100 shares. And when we talk about BHP, they have multiple millions of shares. So in the old days, it was actually a piece of paper that you held
0: that identified your ownership of the company. I think you showed me a few weeks ago, the original sort of pieces of paper people got issued when they purchased a share.
1: Yes. And of course, nowadays everything's online and they're held by uh, registers and share registers. So you don't actually get a piece of paper anymore in Australia. Mm-hmm. But you definitely get notices of your ownership. And that's yep. very important. You should always know if you, if we, and we'll talk about buying shares. Um, who owns the share and is that you or is that someone buying on your behalf? Mm. So it's the only evidence you have that you have bought a little bit of the company.
0: Yeah, Yeah. because if someone is investing on your behalf, it could well be in their name. Yes, and and people have got stuck. They thought they were buying shares that had their name on it.
1: Turned out they were giving money to a company um, that had the company's name on it. Mm. So it was much harder to prove that, that it was their share, not the other person's ownership. Mm. But we're getting a bit ahead of ourselves, I think, <laughs> uh, start with. So um, shares can be pr- through private companies. As I said, you might start up a company and just have two shares. And give one to yourself, one to a spouse, and then mm. you own fifty fifty was the that the original concept of a share? Yeah, you shared it, didn't you? Mm. It was part ownership, so two shares means
0: you own fifty percent each. That's so really just sort of proof of ownership and it's mm so if you own concept. four
1: shares in the company, you all have one, maybe four sisters together, four brothers, and then you've all owned twenty five percent in the company, so a very simple concept at the at the beginning. Um, And it represented your ownership and hence it also represented your entitlements to the profit or values of the company Mm. and, of course, to the losses of the (laughs) company. So, like anything, you own it, you own the good bits and the bad bits. Mm. I think think our listeners are probably interested in the listed shares. Yeah. So, from that, over many years, we got this idea of a listed share. So, a listed share is a share that's registered through a stock exchange so in Australia we know that in general as the ASX Australian yeah. Stock Exchange so that's that, our primary one that's our primary one trades most of our shares and that is where you would look to buy and sell a share so when you hear about them talking in the newspaper on the radio they're usually referring to companies if they're in Australia listed on the Australian Stock Exchange mm. And obviously, there's many exchanges around the world. You might have heard of NASDAQ, or Wall Street, are uh, exchanges in America. Hmm. Um, and you have exchanges in London, et cetera, et cetera. But let's stick to Australia at this stage. Susan, why do people buy shares? Well, um, just like a small piece of ownership, if you owned a quarter of the company, even if you own a tiny, tiny fraction, I've um, 100 shares in BHP, which would be a tiny fraction of their... I think 61 million odd shares, whatever it is, you still own, that's a part of BHP, and you might want to do that. And hence, if the company makes profits and then they distribute profits through what we call a dividend, a share of that profits, mm. which are usually twice a year in Australia, you get that income. So you might own it for income producing purposes through a dividend. And or you may also think BHP will go up in value. Mm. And so you might buy it at $28 and sell it, you hope, (laughs) at $35. Always the aim. The aim. So you usually buy something in the hope it goes up in value. So like buying a house, Mm. you hope it goes up in value. Um, You know, buying an antique, most people hope they go up in value. So that concept of buy... We want to buy low, low in price and sell high, high in price. It doesn't necessarily work that way Mm. because like anything, a share is risky and it can go down in value. Yeah, definitely not a risk-free investment. Definitely not. And most things aren't risk-free. Some people might try and tell you they are, but there's always Mm. a risk because you don't get any return, i.e. a dividend or an increase in value for nothing there is a risk
0: involved Uh, sometimes it's hard to
1: see where it is but it will be there
0: yeah and i guess people have different reasons for buying shares some are doing it for the income purpose of the dividends yes some companies have long track records of providing a certain percentage a year of dividends yes and and in a low interest rate environment
1: which we've been in in australia where it's hard to earn sort of more than two percent on your money To get a dividend of four or five or six percent per annum Mm. on your share that you invested, you know, five dollars, and now you're getting a five percent return per annum. That's better, people think, than money in the bank. Mm. However, the big difference, of course, is that hundred dollars or hundred shares you brought can go down, whereas money in the bank, if you put a thousand dollars in the bank in 99.99% of cases, it will still be
0: $1,000. And you've got that extra layer of protection, as we've previously discussed, if it's an authorised deposit-taking institution.
1: So you've got government protection sitting behind it up to a certain figure. So some people buy shares that pay no dividend, and you can look that up. There's definitely a large number of shares that do not pay a dividend. It does not mean they're bad shares or they're not making money. They are often structured differently because they're reinvesting all their profits, growing, growing madly. And there's a couple of, you know, high-profile growing companies out there now. And so you'll buy, you might buy the share in that case at five dollars on the belief that in a year or two it may be ten. So you're not going to get an income, but you forego the income in return for that great, great potential
0: profit <laughs> always the great potential
1: yeah it's again like buying a property mm. it mightn't actually give you much rent at all but you'll bought it in melbourne or sydney because you believe you're going to go up 10 percent a year um, remember that's all belief potentially based on research and and um, market information but nothing is guaranteed mm.
0: and you'll see on a lot of um Product disclosure statements for shares and various investment in, investment products that past performance does not indicate future performance. You'll see that exact line a lot. Oh yes, everyone's got to put that in. That yeah. is so true. That's yeah. so true. Though we go,
1: oh, but it's done really well in the past, and and hopefully it will do mm. the same if management's the same, conditions and same, politics are the same. Everything else is perfectly the same. Maybe it will continue to perform exactly as it has done in the past. But that's not reality. Hmm. Things keep changing. Moving on to the next question, who can buy shares? Anyone. Anyone uh, can buy shares. Uh, Even if you're under 18, there's certain rules. But once you're over 18, you're legally um, allowed to enter into a contract and you can buy shares. Now, in Australia, if you're buying a share from a private person, You can set up your own contract and someone says, here, have a share of my business, you can do that. You might get a legal contract drawn up. In private companies. In private companies. So you could do that. Um, And people are starting up private companies all the time. You might be starting a business with someone and taking Uh, shares in the company. And you say, well, going 50-50 or 40-60, whatever. Or the more common, if we're talking public, of course, as we mentioned, listed companies. So companies that are traded on the ASX. And you can go to their website and you'll see, I think there's about 3,000 odd uh, different companies at least. Um, They're the ones you will go through a broker. So a licensed share broker. And again, there's many, many um, and a few common ones would spring to mind. Um, some are what they call full service and charge fees. Mm. Most will charge fees, but the fees yep. vary for that service. So they take your order and then place it onto the Australian Stock Exchange. And mm. it's all digitally done. Um, so you can see how many buyers are there, at what price. You can see how many sellers. So there's a lot of really good online brokerage.
0: Mm. You um, can do a
1: lot of research yourself nowadays. yes. And there's a lot of research, independent uh, um, share analysts who um not selling anything else, don't belong to any particular bank. Just uh, their sole job is research. The sole job is research and you can pay for their subscriptions. So there's quite a lot of those out there. Various stockbrokers um, also have their own research houses out there. Um, we could speak to a financial advisor. Yes, yeah, someone who for would assistance assistance or specialise in shares. So yes, there there will be fees involved, and so there should be if they're providing you a service. Um, but the range of
0: fees does vary yeah. greatly. If you if you uh, do some research into Australian brokerage companies, you'll find a really wide range of fees, and I guess it's up to you to decide. What do you want and yep. what Whether the fee's you worth? You want to do
1: everything online, you want to do it on the phone, you want to have a, a, a broker dealing specifically for you. But when you're starting, and assuming now most of our audience is starting, only have one or two different companies, you'll probably find your small purchases, maybe $500, $1,000, you're going to want to go with an online broker that is very minimal fees because they do eat into your profits. Yes. And I believe you've traded some very small trains and Yeah, makes some makes brokers small actually
0: give you a lower uh price, brokerage fee if you are having an order less than a thousand dollars and it increases from there. Mm-hmm. So it, it definitely it definitely adds a lot to your purchase price mm-hmm. if you're paying twenty dollars for brokerage on mm-hmm. top of your five hundred dollars parcel of shares. Yep,
1: because also you pay it when you sell in most yeah. companies. And there's also some small fees that the ASX also charges that you'll you'll have to pay. So often that's sort of lumped into the brokerage, but there's there's various people that the that brokerage fee has to pay. Hmm. So again, it's very transparent now. There should be no surprise. Most times, if you put an on, online order when you've set up, It'll it will tell you the fee you know, pretty much. Check out an <laughs> estimate. Yes, so the fees. And everything's now online. It'll send you emails as soon as your order is done. It usually links to a bank account, so make sure you pay on time. That's
0: a very important thing. If you buy shares, please, please have the money to pay for them. Yes, there's. you'll be in the fine print. But there'll be fees involved if you don't have your funds yes, in your account. Yes, if they go to your settle. account
1: and take out, it might be $500, doesn't matter, bang, you will be in trouble because... The idea of purchasing a share is the implied and probably in the fine print that you have the money, yeah to pay for them
0: I, one of the brokerage accounts I use they um it's a rule that you already have to have the funds in the account oh, they don't let you actually place the trade, but another one you can place the trade and not have any funds in that, yeah relevant linked bank accounts so you have to really remember that that.
1: yeah that could be very risky because you can what we do put an order on and and some might be 20 business days so it could sit there you might forget about it spend that money bang your order goes through overseas (laughs) yep and uh and they're looking for the money so i probably at this stage go with a firm that demanded you have that money and if for whatever reason you spend that money that order will be removed, and I think that might be a very safe yeah. way to play it at the beginning.
0: Mm. I think that covered off on where you can buy shares mm-hmm. as well. The next sort of point I really wanted to cover was what are the benefits and risks of buying and selling shares? Okay. So the other really good thing to think about shares
1: is what we call their liquidity. You can buy shares on Monday to Friday. You can leave orders on 24-7 there. But also having bought the share and let's say it's your, just $1,000 worth you know, and you suddenly need that money, you can then sell it straight away. So having gone to the broker and paid for them, now they're in your account, so your register, you can then say, all right, I've got my 20 BHP shares. I then want to sell them. So the moment you bought them, you can then sell them. Mm. And again, you want a broker and must do, you can only sell what you already own. And yep. again, that's very important at the beginning. So you've got 20 BHP, you've just brought them. You can then go in and say, right, sell them. Mm. So you might sell them at the same price you've just brought. You might sell them for 5 cents more. You might sell them for 5 cents less. Or the price might have moved quite dramatically in the next 10 minutes. Um, so as soon as they sell, you they then settle. So even if they trade straight away... Um, you have two days There's a settlement time period, so two days to actually have the money to pay for them and at the same time two days to uh, settle. So if you brought and sold the same shares, basically the money, the difference of the purchase and sell price would turn up in your bank account in two days or mm. they would remove it. So that gives you quick liquidity. Yeah. Very different from our house. It's unlikely you get to a silly yes. house and have the money in two days. So, yes. And, and the other beautiful thing in, in terms of liquidity, when you think about other assets, say so you've brought your 20 BHP shares, but you don't have to sell all 20. You can then sell five of them. Mm. It's divisible. Yep. So and again, you if you can't... buy
0: two of you yeah, very easily you can't sell just <laughs> and the a bathroom divide it but
1: yeah oh uh, look i don't need the bedroom and well, like... i'll just sell off the bedroom yes. now to <laughs> pay the mortgage so if you did have some debt and you went oh mm, you know i desperately need the money oh you know if i sell five bhp shares that'll give me a hundred dollars bang i can do that and pay it in two days so that is an important thing in terms of flexibility mm. for people when they're thinking of you know, am I going to tie my money up for a long time?
0: Yeah, and if I've got any
1: unexpected expenses coming mm. up, you can buy them and hold them for years yeah. and years and years. There might be fifty years. In some people buy them and never ever sell them. No, and <laughs> the they rest of their life and they accumulate. Oh, how do they accumulate? You will ask me. Dividends reinvested. Yes, and then another share purchase plans. Yes, that's another lovely thing. Some companies that bigger, established ones, what they call have dividend reinvestment schemes. So it sends you a letter, you can do this online. It says, do you want to reinvest the dividend in the shares? And then they, sometimes it's at the current price or a small discount to the current price at the time. Um, You don't know until that set Mm. date, but you can just say, yes, accumulate. So if you don't actually need that share income, that dividend income, you can just set it up so every dividend, and it might only be one share at the start, um, goes into your total. So you had your 100 BHP shares, you might get 101 after the first one, and then the fraction is held there, and next time you'll get two. So now you've got, at the end of the year, 103 BHP shares, so that means your dividend grows. So it keeps growing and growing. So 50 years later, you will find you actually have many, many thousands of BHP shares. So it's that idea of compounding interest, Mm. as Einstein said, the
0: great wonder of the world. (laughs) Uh, So it's compounding shares, so think of that. Yeah, and some people really like that because it's just saving you don't need to think about. Yeah, it's compulsory saving. Yeah, and other people really want the income Mm. if they're at that certain stage of life or need the income or they want the flexibility to then do what they want with that hmm. funds, so And you can turn that on and off. You might reinvest for the next few years, then need the money
1: and say, no, I want everything as dividends, so, um, as cash coming through. So, again, it's all has to be declared in tax. So whichever way you, you get your money is yeah. <laughs> all going to be taxed. So please don't think that's going to avoid uh, tax. So we talked about the flexibility. Yes the the other good thing about a share if it's listed is transparency you mm. know we like talking about transparency nowadays so you can see the price you might want to watch it every second of the day yes, yes. not probably a good idea especially if you become addicted to it <laughs> no and every every minute every day you can yeah. you can upload your charts every evening you can stare at it every day like, and you can read all the company announcements and reports. So everything's a lot more easy. So if you're interested in reading their financials, which yeah. you should before you buy a share, though I acknowledge many people don't. They rely on someone else to tell them. Um, it's all disclosed now. Yeah. you know. So transparency is great. You know the price. Um, so if someone says, oh, oh, you've got some BHP shares, I'll buy them off you at $30, you'll go, oh. I can check what the current price is. Mm. So there's a lot less of that, you know, perhaps being hoodwinked. Like if you're selling an antique, you know, you might, someone might come along and offer you a much lower price than the fair value. But if you you know the basics of shares, you can always find the price. Yeah. You know, 1,001 different internet sites will
0: tell you the share price as well as the company's website itself. Mm. And I think looking at some of the risks uh-huh. could be capital loss. Oh, definitely. <laughs>
1: the company could be bankrupt.
0: Yes. You could lose everything. The ultimate loss is yeah. everything. And even really big, well-known companies that you think nothing mm. could ever, too big to fail, have in the past. Failed. Definitely um, failed. Quick Google search. will show you many examples of that.
1: Yeah, or they could come crashing down. You bought a $30. It could go back down to 10 Do you sell it? <gasps> Or having suffered this incredible loss or do you wait and often those companies can you know they've oversold but not always they've been oversold and suddenly they go back up and you know what most people do they end up buying at the top and selling at the bottom which is not what
0: the advice Warren Buffett gives his investors. No. No,
1: we want to buy at the bottom, remember, and sell at the top, yeah. as I said on the beginning of this podcast. But unfortunately, we buy because of share prices going up. And everyone says, oh, buy this share. It's going through the roof. It's the hottest thing. So you buy at the top because everyone else has bought it. And you're the last little bunny into the into the fold and you buy it. And then because you, you don't know the ins and outs, you're not a stockbroker, you don't have... All this information, not reading newspapers every day. Share price suddenly tanks. A lot of people get caught. Uh, Even very good stockbrokers can get caught. Something happens in that company, obviously totally unexpected, and it's down at $10. It gets oversold. Everyone goes for the exit at the same time. So suddenly you're caught. Oh, do I sell at the
0: bottom? Mm. Because it could go lower. And it can be pretty scary seeing your hard-earned money yep. suddenly get wiped. crashing down.
1: And so you go, do I sell now? Do I sell now? Or is it an oversold? And they go, actually, it's not nearly as bad. It's been misrepresented, We're not going bankrupt. It's it's a minor recall. We're not like closing our company down. And suddenly the share price in three weeks' time is back to where it was. Mm.
0: And you've sold at the bottom. Yeah. So it's definitely something you should... Think about before you start investing in shares. Yes. You've got to be quite brave. Um, you've got to do your research. And be confident in your decisions. And be confident, but
1: keep up because yeah, it was a great decision then, the but things yeah. change. So, especially in the newer companies, because they might be on the
0: yeah. a
1: new wave of some technology that could seem really good, but then a test fails and everyone you know walks away from them. Um, Shares are great. People follow them in all shapes and forms. Both People make careers. <laughs> people make careers yes. out of them. Both domestic and, of course, you can go into international shares. Yes, that might have
0: to be a later topic that yeah.
1: adds a bit more complexity to yes, it all. Yes, because then you've got another currency.
0: But if you're buying shares in Australia, you're buying them in Australian dollars. So I think to wrap up, just a few resources, and if you're interested in learning more, there's heaps. And definitely heaps of resources. recommending the ASICs Money Smart website. That's got some good resources there. The ASX has a course we can go through step by step on how to start trading, and yep. and I think they've got a and... game too, don't they? they yes, have they have the game. I think the share market game. game. And lots of schools do it, but you can uh, trade sort of offline mm. and just test it. And that's
1: out. a great way to you paper trade you know look online choose redo research one or two companies and say right give yourself ten thousand dollars in paper money and say right i'm going to buy it at this price and i'm going to sell it here and here and then see if you stick to your rules yeah and then at the end of maybe just start six weeks or three months and then go okay did i make money did i lose money did i stick to my decisions did i uh, you know compromise so when it got to a when it started falling did i actually sell did i hang in there how worried did i get about it you know it's a it's really, good to test your reaction it is it is because it's so it's if you can't even get if you can't get it right in paper it's going to be so much more difficult when yeah. it's your real
0: money because you tie emotions yeah. into it a lot yeah it's, it's hard to separate and if you're interested in finding more about the companies, just go and visit their website. Most companies that are listed have an investor center mm-hmm. section on their website. And full and, annual reports. Yeah, provide all the data so that you can yeah, statements. read to your heart's yearly. And some will also
1: um, put up uh, stockbroker research reports as well. Mm. Obviously, the good ones usually. Um, the ones that say Buy. Uh, and there's, as I said earlier, there's a lot of um, free um, information from those investment houses as well that give you their research. You know, you might say buy, sell, hold, something like that, but they have information about the company
0: under that decision. Now, there's a lot more we can cover about shares going forward, but I think that about wraps up our introductory episode for today. Yes, there is a great deal more we can add about shares uh, and and
1: types of shares and all that sort of thing. So please, if you're interested, start a journey
0: and you'll find so much more. Yes, definitely. I found it a very interesting journey and I'm only at the beginning. Anyway, if you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, catch us on Twitter at HowToMoneyAustralia or send us an email at HowToMoneyAUS at gmail.com. Anyway, thanks for listening to the How To Money podcast.